Welcome to episode three of Ready Teacher One. We have a super exciting episode for you all today. This is gonna I'm be a good one. Adam Mangana. And I'm Ryan McLaughlin. And we have an, a very esteemed guest, a good friend of mine, CEO of Labaki VR, uh, the only virtual reality company uh, in Mississippi, uh, our favorite founder, Vince Jordan. Vince, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Adam, Ryan. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, I've loved listening to you guys uh, up until this point. You and I, obviously, uh, Adam, have uh, had this dialogue going on for years now. Uh, which has been fantastic. So it's, I'm just thrilled to be with y'all. Well, you know, we are honored. We are uh, trying to create value for our listeners, and one of the ways that we do that is through the intersection of education technology and how the education business is changing. And you've been on the forefront of that for a while now, and doing it in such an unsuspecting geography. The title for this particular podcast is southern hospitality meets virtual reality we're in the deep deep south here in jackson mississippi uh, Uh, a place where where change um is not often at the forefront of everyone's mind uh but we are really instituting a lot of change in the education business with virtual reality i know ryan has a burning question absolutely absolutely well vince like adam mentioned you are one of the tech ogs right how did you get interested in vr how did you become involved with vr Tell us a story about your personal involvement with VR. So, um, been a tech geek all my life, always on the forefront of technology. I just grew up in it, so I was blessed that way. You were natural. I could handle it. Yeah, I mean, I was writing code at ten and all that, self-taught. But the uh, so um, uh, my uncle was working at NASA in 1987, and I was working in Houston, Texas, and he gets hold of me one day, and he goes, you gotta get down here to Clearwater and check something out. Okay. And I'm like, okay, if you say so. Right. And then he knew I was a space geek anyway, so you know, I'm thinking rockets and stuff like that. Sure. And he brings me into this room, and there's this device that is suspended from the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, I'm going, okay, that's really interesting, what is it? He goes, it's a virtual reality headset. And I'm like, a, a what? Wow. He goes, he goes just, Put it on. I'm looking at it going, how do you do that? He goes, well, you kind of step into it, and I'll strap it all on and, and everything. And so. And you said this is in 1987. 87. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you can look it up. You can look the actual device up and see what it looks like. So I get up into this silly thing, and, and, and the field of vision is, you know, I don't know what it is, maybe 40 degrees or something. Sure. Like and the anti-aliasing is off, and the frame rates are off. And, I mean, if I just turn my head like this, I'm going to throw up. Right. And I was like, this is going to be amazing someday. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just tracked it through the years, uh, its progression. And, and in 2012, so my, I got my son in, into this, Josiah. And in 2012, he gets hold of me. He goes, Dad, Oculus, DK1, I've got one. you got to get one. I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, you're still going to get sick, but it's better. I'm like, okay, wow. let's check it out. And he was right. You know, you, you had to be very careful. I wouldn't put people in it. Sure. Unless I didn't like you. Sure, right? sure. And I wanted you to just leave me alone. Uh, that would work. But uh, the, then the DK2 came out, and we got our first client. And so in, in looking at this technology, it's interesting. You know, no plan goes the way you're, you're actually thinking about it, right? When my son Josiah and I started Lobaki, we were really looking at VR as a um, mental health product. Wow. Say more about that. Well, uh, I can. I mean, I've, I've done it over and over with so many different people, and there's been studies done on this now, too. But treating anxiety, depression, 
ADD, ADHD. We've worked with autistic individuals as well. And this thing, I mean, you can bring people's anxiety level down, like almost immediately, bring their depression level down almost immediately using this technology, make them feel good um, and be calm, treating it, uh, using it for opioid addiction, treating opioid oh addiction, right? Instead of grabbing a bottle, grab a headset. There you go. Right? Um, they use it at Cedar sinai Hospital in L.A. for chronic pain patients. Putting them in the headset, turn off the morphine, they're fine. Oh, my goodness. Right? So, so um, in fact, I put a trained psychologist in a new VR experience just two weeks ago up in Tennessee, and it uses color therapy, sound therapy, uh, motion therapy, and she knew everything. She recognized everything as she was going through it. And she's like, Vince, this, I've been looking for this. I'm going to use this. Without. She got out of it, went to the president of the college, said, we need a headset for every student just to be able to do this. Wow. Right? Does the potential for VR to treat these things that you're talking about, is it, is, does the potential come from the ability to control stimuli? Are you able to treat patients because you're controlling exactly what stimuli they're receiving? I think, or is there some other I, I mechanism think, there? I think the, the, the reason it works is, is you know, something I heard one of you two, probably Adam, because he's used the term a number of times on one of the previous podcasts. You know, VR is a brain hack. Yeah. Right? And, and our brain is this wild animal, you know, running around between our ears, creating all kinds of havoc. Right. And because we pay attention to it, the havoc goes up and up and up. And VR hacks your brain. And, you, you know, one moment you're like, oh, I'm just so, wow, man, that's so beautiful. Right. I mean, like that. I've done it over and over. We've introduced over 30,000 people to virtual reality. Wow. Put the headset on, man. It's instant. You know, so so there's there's you know, I'm not a trained psychologist. I play one in virtual reality. Sure. Right? Sure. But um, uh, I've worked with enough doctors and and just uh, uh, Haley just the other day, her going through this. And I'm like, wow, this is and I've seen it in, in people. You know, we, we've had lots of discussions about um, uh, something I do with virtual reality. Whenever I'm going someplace I haven't been before, I get in a headset and go there. Nice. And so I roam all around the streets and everything like that. And what I've learned is, uh, and, I, and I learned it uh, in, a, in a securitist way, what I learned is that my brain, because I'm completely immersed, is picking up on everything I'm not focused on. I'm mm -hmm. focused on where's the building I got to go to, where's the parking near the building I got to go to, how do I get to a coffee shop or something like that. My brain is picking everything else up. When I would get to these places, I kept having deja vu, right? I'm like, I'd That's see a wild. facade and I'd go, where have I seen that before? I wasn't looking at it, but my brain caught it. Right. So I have this level of familiarity with a place that I've never been to. And every single one of us, when we go someplace we haven't been before, we get anxious. There's a level of anxiety that's just there. Where's the bathroom? Right. Sure. I, I, I sure. got to find the bathroom. Right. So, so instead of going, oh, I know where that's, you know, I know where to go. I know how how to get there. And the brain is trying to assimilate all this information when it's already done that. It just, there's a subconscious level that comes down. And, and I'm telling you this experientially, but this stuff's all been written up now. People right. studying virtual reality and, and what it does to the brain and what it does to individuals who have anxiety and, and sure. depression and that sort of thing. So that's what this was actually originally all about. What is, what is the current state of Lubaki? What is the focus now? If you said originally it was about social-emotional uh, care, 
how has it evolved and what are the things that Lubaki's focused on today? Yeah, through, through you know, a whole series of what I call divine manipulations. <laughs> uh, honestly, he's heard me say it a sure. hundred times. Um, education and, and industry. We still do uh, some work with healthcare, but uh, it's primarily education and industry. And um, what's its focus in education? Education, well, initially, pre COVID, you've probably heard of this thing, right? Um, pre COVID. Once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, in education, it was about um, two things training young people to develop virtual reality experiences, learning how to become VR developers, because there's not near enough of us in the planet and this technology okay. is really taking off. So we need more of those. Half of Lubaki's employees have come out of VR academies that either we ran or that were in schools, right? Um, and then the other one was uh, providing an environment where teachers could utilize it to enhance lesson plans. So if you're teaching biology, let's go to the sure. VR lab, put a headset on, and uh, go into the human body. Sure. You know, if we're studying Australia, let's go in, put a headset on, and go to Australia, right? And so that's what, you know, it was kind of a dual purpose is what it was So uh, then about. as our friend Cardi B says, coronavirus! Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Cardi B hit us with coronavirus, right. and so oh, then man. what happened? So coronavirus hits, and by about March time frame i'm getting calls from because we're in by that point we're in about 15 no shoot 20 25 schools around the country we're currently in 35 schools in nine states wow. and um i'm getting calls from teachers around the country going okay so how do we use this technology to get teachers and students back together okay and i'm like uh i don't know but give me a hot second and i'll i'll think about it and then i'm thinking about it and i go well you know i'm gonna have to make this up so i need a playground I know where I can get a playground <laughs> and a collaborator. Hey, Adam, can you give me your eighth grade class to play with for this semester and see if we can come up with a way to do VR? And Adam was all too happy to oblige. He was, he was already thinking about it. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we basically crafted the first VR class, VR school, if we, you will. We sent headsets home with the eighth grade class. I got to play a teacher, nice. uh, which was a lot of fun. Normally I was curating for him, but he cut me loose every now and then go, you do the astronomy lesson today. I'm like, oh, I got, I'm all over this man. Uh, so we taught astronomy and, and marine biology and through that process learned tons. I learned something that, that blows my mind having worked in the telecommunications industry for over 20 years is that you can do VR over a satellite connection Oh, wow. Yeah, one okay. of the students, Adeline, is, is on satellite, and she's in class. And I was like, okay, that should not work. Why does that work? I could not get past that. Um, so that was fantastic. Nice. Uh, that really helped me think about this some more. So we took what, you know, we learned doing this with Adam and crafted a whole program around getting teachers and, and students together. And now we've got um, a school in uh, Buckeye, Arizona with 255 headsets. The first that I'm aware of, one-to-one -one VR to, school, to student and teacher program wow. in the country. Everybody's got a headset and it is incorporated in their daily learning schedule now. That's incredible. Let me ask you a question that I'm sure that you have gotten from many a beleaguered parent or many a frustrated teacher, which is, listen, education in America has been on Zoom and Seesaw and Google Classroom for the last eight months. We're frustrated. We're tired of distance learning. We're ready to get back in person. What's VR got to offer that none of these other, let's, let's call them 2D platforms, 
What's VR got to offer that nobody else does? Why isn't this just fancy Zoom? So, so I think the thing it has to offer that nobody else has is the sense of presence. Okay. Right? So, and, and, and I prove this over and over and over because I'll be Zooming with industry people. I go, you know, this bugs me, so I'm going to send you a headset. Next time I meet you, I'm going to meet you in the metaverse. And we meet in the metaverse, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we're here. Sure. I'm like, I know, you're in L.A., I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, and we're together, right? And we saw that early on, too, with, with the teachers and the students that we were working on. So the sense of presence is what you get, and, and they need it. It was really funny. We went back to his old mater where he and I first started running in VR circles together, and we put a bunch of their students in headsets with teachers. This was after we crafted this program. They, everybody wants to follow Adam, you know. Oh, that, right? yeah. so, I mean, it's just all too well. It's just all too well. I am, I am, so whatever. Check is in uh, the mail, my friend. Right? Yeah. yeah, no worries. But, <laughs> but uh, I just need a playground. You just leave your playground open for me. I'll be good. Um, and we put these kids in who've been zooming now for whoa, five months, and they all start running up to each other and high fiving each other okay. and playing rock, paper, scissors in VR. And I'm just watching this and they were just happy to be together. Wow. And I was like, wow, if this just brings that to the party. Sure. Right. Much less the brain hack, the full immersion. I've got your complete focus on whatever it is I'm sharing with you. We win. So it sounds like what you're saying is that for skeptics, seeing is believing. All you've got to do is get a headset on somebody and they go, oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yep. And, and, and I can tell you, I've never been able to communicate to this, this to people any other way. Okay. Never, never. I, I, in fact, I generally refuse to do it. Somebody go, let's do Zoom. I want to learn about VR. I'm like, no, I'm going to send you a headset because I can't tell you anything that's going to make any sense. I'll start talking and you're just going to look at me like I'm a crazy person, which in fact I am. But still, <laughs> in this particular case, not so much. Vince, yeah. you've, you've worked with colleges as well, and, yes, and so much of what's happening at the K-12 space is informed by what's happening at the college space. What do you think, how do you think VR impacts the college space? You know, well, again, on the, on the development side, right, you know, it opens up, um, wow, so a couple of different ways. So, I mean, it opens up brand new opportunities that aren't there today, because if you're not teaching VR, you're not teaching VR. So it opens that up. But then also the application of VR in different disciplines. So architecture, for instance, right? Um, the colleges that we're working with that have architecture programs are sitting there looking at this going, oh, well, all of architecture is going to do this, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no more little SketchUp models. There'll right. be SketchUp models, but you're going to walk in them. Right. You're going to see them in full scale and move around them, right? And we're working with local architects to do exactly that for projects that they're working on. So the architecture college right now sits there and goes, wow, I can utilize this and take this to a whole nother level. The music college at one of our universities said, this is how we're gonna teach music. That one was a mind blow for me too. I was like, okay, cool. So it opens up new modalities of teaching at the university level is what I've been seeing anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I'm seeing at the, at the university level. Where the where the the I mean, and that's happening too in the in the K through 12 that we're we're working in, but they're adapting it to their programs. It's pretty cool. Professional development, utilizing it there. Yeah. So you got a chance to teach, and you've talked a lot with teachers and administrators about VR. What are the barriers for those who are super skeptical? What do you see 
as why hasn't VR been adapted more full scale? Why? What are the what are the no. things that that create hesitation for? for yeah, the the reason it hasn't been adapted more full scale is just people. Where do you go to try it? Sure. Right. And 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 what even gets you to the point where you think about going somewhere to try it? it, it so it's it's not in the. You know, more and more, it's in the day-to-day -day dialogue. I mean, we've, you know, VR has been on the front page of the Wall Street Journal twice in the last two weeks. Sure, it's in Forbes every third week. Sure, right. And so the dialogue, the discussion about VR is escalating, especially yeah. during the fun times that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, but then you read about it, and again, you can read about it, you can watch a YouTube video, you can do whatever until you put the headset on. It's that's not going to happen. So are we close to? You and I were talking about quantum mechanics before we started recording. Are we close to a critical mass for this reaction to take off? You know, I'm the eternal technical optimist, and so I want to answer yes. Sure. But the realist in me has been pummeled this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Should have had a mic on for the last two and a half hours. Um, Adam's been extremely negative before the recording for those who I are just joining in. I would call it negative. I would call it realistic. I'm Fair gonna, enough. I'm Fair gonna, enough. I'm going to go back to... Contrarian to, is what I prefer. There's right. contrarian. I've heard you say that a time that or works. two. That, Welcome to the Libertarian Party. That oh my God. works. <laughs> contrarian, yes. Uh, so, so realistically... You know, I'm I'm still surprising people. I mean, I'm putting sure. I'm putting new people in headsets every day I go to work, or every you know this week I'm driving up to Virginia and I'm going to put 50 people in headsets sure. and the lights are going to go on for them. But if I don't go up there and put the people in the headsets, no lights. There you, you go. Know? So it's that's what's got to happen. Is is honestly evangelism. We, yeah, yeah, evangelism. But but I mean, you know, it's high touch evangelism because with this part, I love the podcast. I love the podcast. Thank I you. love the dialogue. It loves your check I, is in the mail. I love the yeah, <laughs> podcast. Loves you. Yeah, but you're but, our first guest. But whoa, that's it. Like, look at that goosebumps. Um, um, but but still, until your listeners put a headset on, right. Right, and once they put the headset on, everything you say is going to be like, whoa! You know, do, right now it's like, oh, that's do, interesting. Do but, the, but the average American at this point has yet to lose their VR virginity, if I may be a little crass. Do you that think? I mean, you, you 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 were able to you were in the telecommunications space. Yeah, you were uh, a huge part of uh, a large number of people in this country getting access to the internet, which is super cool. Yeah. You had a chance to work with Steve Jobs and other cool, yeah, yeah, cool people Sir who are pioneers yeah, yeah. on... Like on I said, internet. Vince is a tech OG. Do you see um, a parallel? I mean, you were around in the late 80s, early 90s. Right. Obviously, the internet was invented in the 70s. Yep. It took a while to adapt. Um, where, what are the parallels between the adaption of the internet and the adaption of no, the internet? No, that's actually... That's really good, right? Because I can remember going for years asking people for their email address and having them look at me like I was an alien. I, mm -hmm. I still have vjordan at AOL.com. Dial up, baby. Yeah, I, I got that in, in like 80. <laughs> I got that in 80. That sounds like Cardi B again. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Everything right? comes full circle. I mean, I got that in 1987. <laughs> I got so excited. I can still remember the first commercial I saw that had a URL attached to it. www.toyota.com. Wow. I remember when I saw the day I saw it, I was like, here we go. Finally, and it took a while. Going to order my oh, Camry years. online. It took years, right? And so, so I don't think this is going to be, you know, that, a moment that that everyone puts a headset on. 
well, maybe this bug's going to help. Because I am definitely, you know, but prior to COVID, you know, I, I would draw the curve kind of like this, the adoption mm -hmm. curve, and say we're, we're right about here. I am seeing it go like that. Sure. So more and more people are, and we're doing everything we possibly can you know, to get people introduced to virtual reality. We, we go to them, we ship them headsets, we meet them in the metaverse, and, but, but we're, you know, I'm not sure I know of another group that operates like we So do. Vince, you've been in the VR game from the very beginning. What's got you excited right now today? What are the things that get you excited as you hear about them? Where's this thing going right now? You know, the, 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 what gets me excited, uh, I can tell you what got me ex really excited recently. So for, you know, to, for te it, it takes events sure. for technology to get mainstream, right? And, and when you're in something and you're doing something and you're a believer, you should never believe what you say. Right, right. Right, because <laughs> that's completely tainted, you right. know. And, and I figured that out over the years. Not just recently, though, not, not very long ago. And, and so, you know, I'm sitting there going, what's going to convince me that it's really happening. So one of the things is, is that um, I used to be, uh, and a lot of people may not even know this term, I was a systems integrator for in the middle of the 90s. Okay. So system integration is Ross a- Ross Perot? Oh yeah, uh, actually I was with SHL System House, but Perot sure, Systems, sure, sure, sure. I worked with Perot Systems, worked with Arthur Anderson. Today the big names are Accenture, right? PricewaterhouseCooper. Of course. When PricewaterhouseCooper a couple of months ago put out a formal study based on their work of the efficacy of VR, I was like, yeah. There you go. There we go. Because those guys don't spend any money they don't have to spend. Sure. They only spend money when they have a reason to. Yeah. And that reason has got to be clients. It wouldn't be PwC if it was otherwise, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. So when that came out, I got so excited. I started shipping that to everybody. Go, here we go. Here we go, man. I don't think any teacher out there, any administrator out there could argue that the internet hasn't had an impact on the school business. Right. But I wonder if they would agree with us that the internet is gonna go into three dimensions. Mm. I, I wonder if they would know what you're talking about. Well, instead of a website, <laughs> go to a web place and actually move around that right. with six degrees of freedom, being able to move forward, backwards, trying on clothes before you purchase them online and then have them 3D printed. Are we gonna <laughs> go into that world? I know that's scary for folks, but if in fact we are, does that fundamentally change how students learn and what they need, what kind of problems they're gonna solve, what kind of networks they're gonna be have access to, what kind of resources that they need to actually solve more of the world's problems? And, and the interesting thing about the question too, you know, that I wanna ask the educators, that'd be y'all. Sure. Um, is, you know, what the web did, right, is, is collapsed walls, okay? I could go, I could deal with anybody on the planet at any time. You know, it shrunk the planet down to softball, right? I can push a button and communicate with four million right? people. Exactly, mm -hmm. so, so now when it goes 3D, and we're all working from home anyway, just at the moment, whatever, right? Can I have teachers from any place teaching students anywhere in this three-dimensional world? If I've got the best astronomy teacher up in New York, can I have kids from all over the country jump into a metaverse session with that teacher on the moon yeah. and discuss you know, this, is masterclass better in three dimensions than two? Right. Is it yeah. cooler oh, to yeah. stand next to right. 
Steph Curry as he's teaching you how to shoot right. than to see it in two dimensions? Right. The question is absolutely yes. So we're now at the point of the show right. where we kind of wrap things up. And I know, Ryan, this has been like, you know, we've been in the metaverse. It felt like it's, it's gone so quickly. I know. So quickly. <laughs> That's weird. Ryan, you have the Furious Five. The Furious Five Vince are five. Vince is going to take it on. Are you ready, Vince? Uh, okay. The Furious Five are five questions that we ask. They don't necessarily have anything to do with the content of the podcast. Oh, okay. But they're just getting to know you questions. And we are going to ask that you do your best <laughs> to answer them in one sentence. One sentence. One sentence. Maybe two if we're pushing it. For you, Vince, we'll make an exception. Speed round, baby. Speed round. Okay. Question coronavirus! Of... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my answer to everything. Question, question number one. What's the best movie or TV show you've watched recently? Whoa. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Taking it old school. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch much, so we got we got we got a Johnny Depp fan. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's right. That's it. Is it Orlando Bloom or Johnny Depp? That oh, I love Orlando Bloom. There you man. go. Legolas, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There you go. Question number two: What's the best meal you've eaten recently? Uh, the tuna casserole that my lovely wife made um, for Shabbat. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Question number three: What thought leader do you follow on social media that everyone should fo start following immediately uh, other than adam mangana <laughs> <laughs> i saw you look over i was like nope i'm gonna cut that one off <laughs> uh, oh. i don't know i have an answer for you that's okay well we'll go with adam mangana We'll I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, find him on LinkedIn, I'm, Twitter, Mangana underspace just Adam. So just so humble. I'm, I'm going to go with Adam Mangana. Okay. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, of all time. <laughs> well, okay, the one I've read the most. The, the book I've read the most, end to end, uh, besides scriptures, sure. uh, which I've done... 28 times end to end and as many different uh, versions is Lord of the Rings. There you awesome. go. Including the history pieces. Silmarillion. All, all the, yeah. Absolutely. All the, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. If you were stuck on a desert island <laughs> with one piece of technology and one app, what's it going to be? And access to the internet. Oh, access sure, to the sure, internet? sure, sure. Oh, that's easy. Every desert island has Wi-Fi nowadays, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy. I can do that. Uh, Oculus Quest 2, Wander. Is okay. Wander, because I could go anywhere in the world from my little island. There you go. Best possible answer. Tremendous. We uh, he made it through Furious Five in less than five minutes, which is amazing. Um, best advice for someone who wants to get in the VR business? What would you coach them up in in one minute, ninety seconds? If somebody wants to get in the VR business, in the VR schools, business, yes, forget schools for a second. What is the VR if they want to get in the VR business? <laughs> where would you have them start? In a headset. I mean, you, you, you got, oh, so that's a great question. And I talk to our people about this all the time, right? If you want to truly understand the capability of this technology, you have got to use this technology. That makes sense. You, you can't just put it on every now and then and pop it off and go, oh, that was cool. Everything. You have to get in there. You have to really understand what's happening to you. Because sure. something's always happening to you in VR, always. That's what makes this such an amazing technology. You have to use it. If you want to do something with virtual reality, get a headset and do as many VR experiences as you can and truly understand what's happening to you as a person.
That is a tremendous answer. I think that advice can be easily translated to our educators out there. Absolutely. We have to understand what's happening to us in the education business right now. 100%. And I think if you don't understand that you don't have the clarity because change is a coming. Change is actually afoot I right now. I think so. That's right. And so please follow us. Ryan, where can they find you? At Ryan, R-Y-A-N-G-M-C-L on Twitter. At Mangana Adam, please follow us. And also follow Vince. Vince, That's where right. can they find you? Am I on? I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. That's right. I don't do a ton of social media. Vince well, Jordan well, Labaki. We'll, we'll link Vince, all well, we'll Vince.Jordan at Labaki.com. You can link up with me. And we'll talk. We will post links to Vince on LinkedIn and on Twitter and all that good stuff. Vince, it has been an absolute honor to talk to you today. Uh, we've learned so much from you. We admire you so much. We appreciate your time so You're much. very kind, Ryan. Thank you very much. I love being with you guys. Of course, I just love being with you guys anyway. But thank you for uh, having me on. It was really an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, Vince.